Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochelprano. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. Happy. <coughs> Whoa, hot start. Hot start. He's got that, that. He's got that Major League Baseball opening day cough. Got that opening day fever. Yeah. Got that baseball fever. Well, I have that baseball opening day. Not going to be a good year for my team. That's what I have. Doesn't roll off the tongue as well. You're not gonna. You're you're not gonna be one of the just like so many so many fans we have of this show who are like, this is our year. No matter what's happening, this is our year. Kirk Cousins, man, underrated. Let's go. Well, I understand fan optimism to start a season, right? Like <coughs> we see that in sports every year. <coughs> like you never know. This team could surprise some people, which happens, of course, all the time. But no, come on. Like, like I, I am. I have been open about my frustration and just, you know, the older I get, it's just like, dude, I, I. If you don't care, if you don't care about me, I don't care about you. And that goes beyond sports. So, you know, but I'm obviously in Reds gear and I'm a Reds. Yeah, fan. I was going to say, says the guy in the throwback Sabo jersey. Hey, man, Chris Sabo. Legine. Absolutely. And again, that was back in the day when you could meet players, as, as I've said before on the show, met that former rookie of the year at the ground round by where I live doing an autograph signing after really. He, yeah. And this is after he won the rookie of the year. I, I had his tops card, you know, he, you know, just a line forming where he's at the restaurant and he had a table set up and he was taking pictures. I have the, I got to find it. I have the Polaroid somewhere, a, a first grade Andy Ruther with missing teeth smiling as I That's met, hilarious. met the reds rookie of the year that year, Chris Sabo. So, yeah, th th those are things that things that we can cherish as older guys that the pat, you know, that the young kids don't get like autograph signings, meet and greet with. Yeah. Like, can you imagine Pete Alonzo sitting at a restaurant after he won rookie of the year? Peanut shells under his feet at the ground round. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was I, I think the ground round was like a peanut shell type yeah. place. Oh, yeah. W was that a chain? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I wasn't sure. So, so, so you had ground rounds. Yeah, yeah. There was one that was in like White Plains or something like that growing up. I think they had a thing. I don't know about this. Correct me if you know about this, where children could eat their weight. Like they would pay. So let's oh, say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, right? I do remember that. Like if you were a kid who weighed 40 pounds, your meal yeah. was 40 cents. Yeah. Which is something that baseball should do if they want to get fans back. 
my 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 parents loved that rule, especially since I was still seventy five cents when I was fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> you probably ate a lot. It didn't matter. You just oh yeah, yeah. On. yeah. The ground round waiter coming over is like, does this kid have a tapeworm? <laughs> I've never. He just ate his weight in. Uh, cheeseburgers and now i know you know ground round went out of business now i know joe prano single-handedly just ate them out of business yeah exactly you eat breakfast lunch and dinner like we can't sustain this these are awful margins i was like already growing a mustache like i'm just like a full-on adult but i'm like <laughs> it's like a solid 87 pounds as a sophomore in high school at what point could you start putting on weight i know that was a problem for a lot of kids they can't oh, put on weight college for me like legit you know, you talk about the freshman 15, this, I had the freshman first semester, 35. Shut up. I swear to God. I went from, I think it was 135 to 170. My you, freshman year. You were not 135. No way. I've shared the picture before and I'll share it again. You should see my high school, my senior year playing high school basketball. I just look like, uh, like it like a like a starving uh african kid in a in a basketball jersey i was i was pushing probably six to 135 that's unbelievable six to 135 i was built like a fucking runway model woman <laughs> so you just eat and it wouldn't stick to your body yeah just eat and eat and eat and then freshman year of college my regimen was uh get up every morning some sort of like breakfast sandwich or like bagel cream cheese coffee uh not even that intense a breakfast then uh lunch I, I would go through phases too where i'd eat like the same thing every day lunch was either two chicken sandwiches and fries from burger king or uh a big Philly cheesesteak from our like cafeteria situation. Uh, I went through, I went through the double Whopper with cheese, two double Whoppers with cheese regimen for a while. <laughs> we were a Burger King school. And then I literally like, I came back Christmas break. I think I was 170, which is still like unreasonably small for a, somebody who's like six, two, six, two, yeah. 170. Yeah, it is. That's nuts. And then obviously all the alcohol intake. Oh, by the way, in early college, I started smoking weed. <laughs> so, may, so maybe that helped you put on weight too? Yeah. Just like chips and snacks and desserts, like all that. Just, just nonstop. Nonstop eating. Oh, and of course, like going out every single night of college and ingesting like, you know, somewhere between three and 4,000 calories worth of beer. Yeah, it. you know, I think about that sometimes like those are the days where you could just especially in high school, you could just eat whatever the hell you wanted. And it didn't really affect you. I, I remember our, our trainer, our athletic trainer at my high school saying that like to the football, like to guys like me, because I, I was always skinny, too. He'd say, dude, you can eat whatever you want. If you're trying to put on muscle, like you go home after doing a workout with the football team. Do whatever, eat whatever the hell you want, because it's going to turn most likely into muscle. You're not going to get fat at 16, 17 years old. Yeah. 
I just thought of something discussing this. That's what Major League Baseball should do. Again, they're trying to get younger fans excited and it's opening day and they have such a problem with the younger generation. They need to do like a, or states where it's legal, like a cannabis sponsored game night where, I don't know, you get high and then they have cheap deals at the concession stand. Well, the the problem with Major League Baseball and why why it's hard for them to draw fans is they actually they did what you suggested before they they have gone with the ground round deal for kids they're like oh your kids 45 pounds it's 45 dollars for their meal yeah not 45 cents no like oh your kids 85 pounds spend 85 dollars feeding him at the ballpark yeah man I, I just read a long article uh in the wall street journal you know just talking about what Manfred's trying to do and some of the changes and all those things. I think it's just so simple. And we always talk about, I, I, again, I don't understand why the professionals don't take from minors. Like, why don't they take the, the excitement that the minor league, if you go to a minor league game, I was talking to some guys about this yesterday, some, some older guys that I volunteer with. And they were saying, Oh, you ever go down to the minor league ballpark down in Louisville? And it's so fun. I'm like, I just don't understand. It's right in front of baseball's eyes. It's right there. Yeah. To, to make things fun, cheap, like like the kiss cam only goes so far. You know what I'm saying? Like, but like the stuff that they do at ballparks, I, I just feel like I would I would love to be that guy who was in charge of marketing or stunts or whatever, and say, guys, there's such simple ideas we can do, and the first thing we can do is make things not extremely expensive. Yeah. And like, let's raise the stakes too. like, you know, they love to do promotional nights. You know, they love to do like Los Dodgers or like Irish night or whatever. I say, let's do like LGBTQ plus night. And instead of the kiss cam, just like the scissor cam, you know, like let's, uh, let's step it up. Oh, when, when, when did we, when did we start adding addition subtraction? By the way, up? when did I, when did I start? When did I become Andy Ruther? I've been so deliriously tired lately when I've been doing these shows. I'm just Ruther. They should scissor. The scissor cam. The name is gender cam. That'd be a fun one. <laughs> they show like five people and name their gender. Cancel, 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 cancel. No, but seriously, when, when, when did we start adding plus signs? Dude, this, yeah. this whole thing is, dude, this thing, I'm just going to say, this whole thing is so. Oh, I, so I, I, there's, I, th I believe there's an exponent now. No. that's hilarious i i, I mean it's, it's just like at some point that's the next dave Chappelle bit that'd be a funny bit like exponents <laughs> lg it was one thing when it was lgbtq plus now it's to a power yeah you could you could actually write that bit You got yeah, you got to slap the mic against you. Yeah. Well, look, man, it is here. Opening day is here, and again, it's 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 a day that baseball fans obviously cherish, and, and a day that you know excites a lot of teams. Like you said, having false optimism, hope springs eternal, Andy. Yeah. You think they play too many games? Yeah, kinda, but. It is what it is now. 
You know, I'm all for like baseball. We've talked about this for such a game of numbers that now, like, you know, everybody compares numbers, compares numbers. You never compare total yeah. points scored in the major in, you know, the basketball season. They go by average. So, you know, that's kind of like where all the numbers are now. It's like how many over the course of 162. I always thought like with everybody hitting 42, how about 140, 140. 144? Yeah. Right. I think that's a good number. But yeah. then again, less games equals less revenue from these guys who want to charge you $10 for a beer. Yep. So, so they're not going to vote for that. But let's jump into it. We have a lot to cover. Like, oh, oh, Joe, you're 42 years old. That Miller Lite will be $42. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. Dude, it, but you know what's, you know what's, it's like people, we, we still do it though. Yeah. But, but I, 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 you know me, I, obviously I'm done with the booze, but I refuse. I, dude, I pack. I, I, I refuse it. the booze. No, I, re- I refuse to pay for water. Like I'm packing, I'm not packing heat. I'm packing agua. That's what I'm doing. You know, I'm, I'll do that. I don't care. I'm not giving you my money, but we got a lot to cover today with major league baseball preview. The masters has started. Tug Coker will be doing a solo preview, about a 15-minute preview, which he recorded discussing Tiger, discussing his odds, who he likes, who he doesn't like. That'll be later in the show. I put out the Tug signal, and then Tug hit me up. It was it, it was honestly the most uh, Joe Prano moment ever. I was like, put out the Tug signal, and then Tug hit me up. And I was like, yeah, come on Dirty Sports, and and talk masters. And they was like, I don't know if I can come on. It might be too late then blah, blah, blah. Why don't you and I just talk it and, and we'll send it to Andy. And I was like, I'm really busy. And they was like, I'll just go solo. Yeah. So Tug yeah, Coker breaking he, he, off, breaking off from the band. Yeah. He went, he went solo, which is cool. So again, I'll have that later in the show. Um, and if you're on YouTube, that will not be on this broadcast, but that will be edited the audio version of the show. But let's get to baseball. It's here. We're going to have a full 162 games. We managed to survive the lockout. What are you expecting this season? Now, I have the win total in front of me, the projected win totals for all the teams. I have last year's standings. No surprise. Yeah. You you, you know, the win total, like – we, we just talked about the financials of baseball. We've talked about a lot about the financials of baseball this post this off season uh, from the lockout standpoint, from, you know, the big spending that's going on. I think there was, you know, a two day stretch where uh, the Rangers invested a quarter of a billion dollars in players or a half a billion dollars in players. And they'll probably finish third, you know, like, <laughs> Yeah, it's the Rangers. But I think uh, I think what you'll see, like tying directly back to the economy of baseball, is a lot of the teams that are favored to be the best teams of baseball have the highest payrolls. Sure. And, um, you know, that's that's baseball's main issue. But at the same time, you know, it, it generally does make for an exciting season when the Mets, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, et cetera, are good. Yeah. Well, it definitely starts with the team on the highest payroll, which is the Dodgers. 
who also is projected to win the most games. They're over under right now. As I look at things, 98 and a half. It's crazy. The crazy thing about the Dodgers is it's kind of the same old story with the Dodgers in terms of like what I think about them as a team. And that is, I mean, how many years going back on the show, Andy, have I been saying like, you can have the best lineup in baseball, which they do by a long shot. I mean, top to bottom uh, lineup. I believe uh, Will Smith, who's their starting catcher. He slaps, by the way. Uh, Noise. <laughs> he is very good. And I believe he is the only player in their projected starting lineup, daily starting lineup, that isn't an all-star at some point in their career. Um, and maybe a multi-time all-star. Like, every their lineup is really, really good. But, and their pitching is fine. You know, their, pitching's, their pitching is uh, good enough where with the lineup they have, yeah, they have a very, very good shot of winning the NL West once again. Uh, not that they won it last year. Um, but pitching-wise, in terms of elite, you know, win-getters, elite, you know, guys who can go out and shove in a playoff series, I still think that they lack serious starting pitching depth, which again, I don't think will hurt them in the regular season. But in, of course, there's always the trade deadline, but the Dodgers don't even have, I, I don't even think the Dodgers are a trade deadline move away from having, a, you know, an elite pitching staff when it comes to postseason baseball. When it comes to regular season baseball, they're absolutely fine. Because, you know, you lean on the bullpen more, you, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the grind and you can win a lot of games, just scoring a lot of runs, which they will. But I do not have the Dodgers winning the world series. So they won 106 games last year. As you just stated, they did not win the division to remind everyone the giants won. They won 107 games. So the Dodgers are by far and away projected to win the most games. How many are they projected to win? 98 and a half. That's a lot of wins. It's a lot. It is. And And then after that, you have three teams at 92 and a half, the Blue Jays, Astros and Yankees. I think, I mean, you look at, that's another team with just the the most stacked lineup I've seen in a long time. Blue Jays. Yeah. in, uh, in In a completely different way. You know, instead of all the veterans that the, Dodgers have assembled from around the league. The Blue Jays have added a couple guys the last few years, but the base for their lineup is all their young stars. So many, uh, you know, former big leaguers kids. We've talked about this on uh, Dirty Slides a lot. Like uh, my my buddy who uh, I have referred to on this show before as Sandy Ruther, the the second. Uh, you know, fake Ruther that we have uh, a good friend of mine who's down in uh, Texas. Actually, you met, you met Mark when we went to the Rangers game. Uh, he has a football theory that the team with the most, an NFL theory, the team with the most guys that went to the U he will, w- he predicts to win every single game and is, is often right. 
there should be a baseball theory. The most, uh, the team with the most former big leaguers kids on it is going to be successful day in and day out. And that is the blue Jays far and away, especially in their starting lineup. And they're just, they're so young and they're so stacked and they add pitching this off season, which obviously took away, you know, Gaussman from the, uh, the giants. Um, I've got the Toronto blue Jays winning the AL East. I don't think that's a crazy surprise, right? No, but, but it's, it's only crazy in that the they're in a division with the Red Sox and the Yankees. And, and I think the, a lot and of the Rays and the Rays and a lot of people have are predicting them to win it all. I mean, there's a lot of people I have seen who have Jays, Rays, Yankees, Red Sox, Orioles in that order. And I hate sleeping on the Rays because I've done it many years in my baseball pontificating and Last year was a great example. Like I was like, oh, they're going to have a little bit of a World Series hangover. Um, But they were back. But I think I am going Jays, Yankees, Rays, Red Sox, Orioles. But like tough division, man. I know tough division. And every few years, the Red Sox come out of nowhere and win that division, even though no one's predicting them to. I like when the Blue Jays are good. I like when Toronto. I like it when I, Canada's involved. Yeah, I do. I like to get. I like to get the guys from up north involved. I like it. And we know you're a big Drake fan, so you always root huge for Drake. Drake to huge. do well. I mean, my my entire Spotify list just nothing but Drake mixes. Drake, I, uh, you know, coming into baseball season has to be hopeful. The Ray, the Jays are good, especially after all four of his favorite college basketball teams going to the final four. Was, yeah. He missed out on Kentucky, but the other, but the rest of his top five yeah. college basketball teams. Yeah. You think I could beat Drake in a game of one-on-one who wins me versus Drake in a game of one-on-one Drake's younger and blacker. Okay. So, so I'm going Drake and, and like, <laughs> and like maybe taller. Like, is it close? Hmm. I mean, Drake's probably not even that young at this point, right? Like, how old is Drake? I don't think it's close, though. He's six foot. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's, not, dude, he's not that young. He's going to be 36 this year. He's about five years younger than me. I've never seen Drake shoot a basketball. I mean, you're in pretty good shape. You're doing the cardio. Yeah, maybe yeah, it's I, close. Yeah, but I, I don't think the cardio really matters that much when it comes to basketball one-on-one. I'm going 11-7. Drake. Okay. We should set this up. You think you think I can get in t- touch with yeah. Drake's people? Why not? In fact, if we really want to make baseball fun again, we do this. We, we bring out a basketball hoop. Seventh inning stretch Blue Jays game. Wherever they're playing now. I don't know what that's what's that place called? Is it the Rogers Center? Yeah, I believe so. Is that what it's still called? Yeah, because Sky Dome was just too cool. Yeah. Well, I hope, I hope the Blue Jays are good. Like I said, I, I, I like when they're good. I like when Canada represents. I think the Yankees have uh, like it's it's so funny, too, because I feel like I've been saying this uh, the, about the Yankees for years as well. Same way. It's almost like these teams are stuck in their ways a little bit. Like every year I say like Dodgers lineup's pretty, pretty great, but like not enough pitching. 
Yankees lineup. I mean, we're a couple years removed from me predicting, I, I believe on this show and on dirty slides that like, how do you have, how do you build a lineup? That's like judge uh, Stanton uh, Sanchez. It, you know, I know we we've gotten to the two true outcomes uh, portion of baseball or three true outcomes. I mean, I, honestly, the Yankees, it's the two true outcomes. It's strikeout or home run. And they go and they're adding like Gallo. They're going and they're adding Rizzo. Like, I just feel like so much power. But like. Is anybody on that line in that lineup going to hit 300? What? I know, I, well, I know what that what you're not saying, a lot of people do anymore. What you're saying right now is there what the, what people believe is the main problem of baseball right now. Yeah. The, the strikeout or home run. And that's creating a lack of fanfare. And obviously next year, I believe they're going to change how shifting works and make sure that, you know, two guys have two guys have to be on each side of the infield. And they're going to change that to hope, hope, hopefully that affects it. But like, that's yeah, part and, of the problem. And, right we, and we've talked, we've talked a lot on dirty slides about the shift and, and banning the shift. Um, I, I'm a, a, I, I was a ban the sh- I was pro ban the shift and now I'm a staunch pro ban the shift. Yeah, I agree. Um, the, the game has just changed in the, in pitching, uh, so much. And, uh, you know, everybody, the, the problem that with the argument against that I see is everybody, uh, talks about like great hitters, like just, Oh, like, Tony Gwynn never needed to shift, you know, uh, or Tony Gwynn didn't wouldn't care if they shifted uh, Ted Williams. They shifted against him and look at what he did. It's like, can we not reference like two of the greatest hitters to ever walk the earth who I believe had like, you know, the eyesight of one was a legit fighter pilot. And like the other was like, you know, like could, could have been a military sniper. Like let's not reference the two of the greatest hitters ever and be like, yeah, they can do it. It's like when a guy's throwing a hundred miles an hour on, on the black, on your hands, the idea of like, just hit it the other way is, I mean, that's even, that's a worse old man take than like the bad boy Pistons would kick LeBron's ass. It's a worse take. Like there's absolutely nothing to do with a pitch hundred miles an hour on the black with arm side run. Like it's just, it's insanity to like say that. And the shift makes it possible to feed guys balls, uh, you know, inside and, and make them, you know, hit it where, where you want them to. And, you know, everybody also references like, Oh, well guys were had to hit off Nolan Ryan and guys had to hit off Bob Gibson. It's like, yeah, Look at the batting average against Bob Gibson. It wasn't very fucking good. Well, and again, naming two of the best of all time. Right. But also naming guys that don't throw hard as the third guy out of the, you know, the Angels bullpen. Like every reliever now throws 100 miles an hour. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, they got to ban the shift for sure. Now, what about the East on the National League side? Again, very, very competitive. Obviously, the Braves won the World Series. 
you know, they're projected to where are the Braves projected? They're projected at 90 and a half wins. The Mets are also at 90 and a half. Phillies 85 and a half. Yeah, the Phillies made some moves this offseason, and I hope I don't regret saying this, but I don't really fear the Phillies. I, I, as a Mets fan, I fear the Braves and I, and I fear injuries more than anything, obviously. I mean, we're already starting Tyler McGill on opening day with Scherzer potentially pitching game two, you know, in inclement weather with a hamstring and blah, blah, blah. Like we're already, you know, the, the, the big two, which is everything, you know, like, the Mets absolutely, I think, have what it takes to make a playoff uh, push, regardless of, you know, I think I think the Mets can be a playoff team, even if they have like some health issues. But when you talk about and this is the same thing I talked about with the Dodgers, when you talk about how a team can potentially fare in the postseason. I will take a healthy Jacob deGrom and a healthy Max Scherzer. Over any other one, two in baseball. I know that's not saying anything really. Like I'm not going out on a limb and saying it, but it's like, that's what you're built for. The, the Mets are almost built more for the postseason than they are for the regular season yeah. provided 162 games and five months from now, uh, everybody's upright. Sure. You know? um, but I fear injuries and age with, with the Mets. I don't fear the Phillies. Obviously, no one seems to be, and rightfully so, uh, fearing the Marlins. Um, and yeah, like I, uh, I fear the Braves because the Braves are young um, and the Mets are old. And, but I also, you know, getting the, you know, winning divisions back to back is tough. I mean, obviously not for Braves historically, but getting, you know, the World Series hangover is a thing, just like the Super Bowl hangover, just like the you know NBA championship hangover. It's a thing. So I think it's the Mets division to lose uh, with health issues. Otherwise, I think that they're the most talented team in that division. I'm going Mets, Braves. Phillies, Marlins, Nationals. I knew you'd pick the Mets. Come on. You're going to be a homer. Yeah, but I mean, they're, I mean, the even Vegas has the Mets and uh, Braves at 90 and a half wins. Sure. I, do, I, I think both those teams make the playoffs, and I'm not super confident, that, as is Vegas, that the Mets will be a better regular season team than the Braves this year. Um, I think it, it's really going to come down to health and yeah that's me being a homer taking a chance trying to put the good vibes out there but i think it could easily be braves mets phillies marlins nationals what's but, the first what's the first mets game you're saying uh the day game against the san francisco giants april 21st i will be flying on a red eye out of los angeles on april 20th after I do a show at Soho house in West Hollywood and great, great plug again. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, uh, flying on a red eye landing in Newark where my brother works 
hoping he's we're, we're, we're trying to schedule in that he works an overnight picks me up at Newark airport. We go direct, we go direct from airport. I'm going to have to wear this hat on the plane. I even have to wear a Jersey on the plane. Uh, I think you should go full Jersey cleats and all. Yeah, I'm talking stirrups, I'm, I'm talking stirrups. I'm talking you're sitting in your seat with a eye glove. black on. Yes. Go full Jersey on the. Can you imagine if you were on a flight across the country? Some guy next to me is on it using his Wi-Fi. He's like, some guy's doing Keith Hernandez cosplay on my flight. <laughs> Keith Hernandez cosplay. That that would actually be hilarious. I want, you know, Andy, I was just thinking about this the other day. I'm, I might even be too old at this point, but I feel like with the magic of Hollywood, I mean, they've got a, you know, they had the guy playing Jerry West, who's in his 50s, like in a in a throwback, like on the court. You know what I mean? They had him in the in a jersey. But since we have uh, author Jeff Perlman, hopefully coming up on this show, he also wrote the 1986 Mets book. I think they, I think that's got to be the next HBO Max. HBO Max Perlman uh, adaptation. And I think through the through camera trickery where we put a jersey on me where all the logos are backwards and then we flip the film. I play Keith Hernandez and we do that so that I can seem like I'm lefty. Ah, I'll do a, we'll we'll flip. We'll do a little camera trickery uh, for my batting stance and for my glove work. But we can. I will do my own stunts when it comes to Keith Hernandez's cocaine use. Okay, who's playing Lenny Dykstra in this? That's a great one. That's a great question. It should be somebody like, like it should be Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> like you know what I mean? What like about just what go, about Stifler? Goes, what about oh, Stifler? St- Stifler would be good too. Stifler. What's I was thinking about Sean William Scott. I, I was just thinking about somebody. Like, so not Lenny, like going full, uh, you know, method. Timothy Chalamet spends like the next year living in like a trailer park down in Garden Grove to get in shape, you know? Yeah. That'd be a salacious TV show, man. Yeah. The 86 mats. But I really do want you to go in a full baseball jersey, including gloves and cleats on a plane. And I want you doing signs. So instead of calling, the flight attendant over you're like you know it's almost like naked gun style where you're doing signs to call them over you here's what's crazy you love the mats more than you love any other team yeah i think you don't want to admit it but just from knowing you obviously you love the giants and the knicks but you change your when it comes to baseball season and seeing the Mets, not just in New York or LA, you change and you adapt your schedule to where the Mets are playing. Absolutely. I mean, I I'm going to New York, April 21st to May 5th. I fly. I land on the 21st. I leave on May 5th. When I land on the 21st, I'm going straight to city field. May 4th. I'm going to another day game before I fly out on May 5th. And now will I go to a game in between? Maybe, you know, maybe, but uh, I'm, I'm in San Diego for shows in early June. Matt said Padres, you know, this is what we do. Stand up in stadiums. Have you seen the Mets in Miller Park? I have not seen the Mets in Miller Park. If everybody wants to uh, t- tweet or Instagram at 
uh, laughing tap comedy club or the improv in Milwaukee and let them know that I should come to see the Mets in Miller Park in September. I've looked at the dates, Andy. See, I've, I, knew I, I know. I know when it is mid September in Milwaukee. I would love to be there. Tweet at Miller Light to bring me there. Tweet at Miller Park to bring me there. Formerly Miller Park. Tweet at Laughing Tap Comedy Club. Tweet at the Milwaukee Improv. Let them know. Joe Prano needs to come to the home of the greatest and original light beer to see his Mets play. I mean, honestly, I can't even think of anything more exciting. Yeah, I mean, that would be your, your happy place. Drinking a Miller Light in the former Miller Park watching the Mets play. In the, in the shadows of the, the Miller Brewery. You know, having a having a cheese covered brat. Yeah, they get good brats there. Oh, yeah, I haven't I haven't been. I don't know. Yeah, guys, baseball's here, which definitely means it's time for Miller Lite. In fact, today, I don't know if you know this, Joe, is National Beer Day. What a I do know that. What a perfect day. And I'm sure baseball didn't plan this out. But what a great day to have opening day because nothing goes together more than Miller Lite and baseball, right? Absolutely. What a, what a great pairing for National Beer Day. Guys, Miller Lite is brewed for taste. It hits different than other light beers. Since 1975, Miller Lite has been the beer with taste you can depend on. No games, no gimmicks, just a great beer for people who like beer, people like you and your friends. So this baseball season... Go to some games, drink some Miller Lights, share some memories with your friends. Miller Light, great taste, 96 calories. Go to MillerLight.com forward slash dirty sports to find delivery options near you, or you can pick up some Miller Light pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. It's like Miller Light's like the Julio Franco of beers. It hits different. Yeah, I like it's that. Different. I like that. Well, speaking of the Brewers, and it's and it's just been dominating for decades. This point. sure. Speaking of the Brewers, let's jump into the NL Central. They won the division last year, ninety-five wins, projected to win the most games this year, eighty-nine and a half. But the Central's a down division, you know. Yeah, yeah. You have them projected eighty-nine and a half. The Cardinals at eighty-five and a half. Both the Reds and Cubs at 74 and a half. And of course, the dumpster fire pirates way under that. As a Reds, I, as a Reds fan, this is why the unloading was so disappointing. Because that that I would call is a win, even with last year's Red squad, like that's a winnable division. Yeah. You know, the Reds were in first place. And I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm going to make the prediction that I, I, I make a, a lot of years, but I think the Cardinals win the division. Yeah. I think the Cardinals win that division. The Cardinals. Yeah. They've made some big moves over the last few years, but what the Cardinals do is the Cardinals just consistently, you know, try to put a middle of the road team on the, on the field and, and yet they compete and the Brewers have been good. The last few years, they've had a nice little, you know, uptick uh, in the quality of baseball team that they're putting out there. But I'm going to I'm going to say it right now. This is the Miller Park curse. 
getting rid of the name Miller Park. I think I think they're going to look back on this and regret it. Uh, they the first year they were Miller Parkless. Yelich is injured for a lot of the year. I just don't see it. I, I'm going and I, I won't even say because of my uh, love and devotion to the good folks at Miller Lite. I won't even say the name of the ballpark in St. Louis. We'll just call it Cardinals watered down park. Um, so we'll call, we'll call it great, that. It's got a great name to it. Yeah. Watered down stadium, St. Louis, Missouri. Um, but I'm going Cardinals. Brewers, Cubs, Reds, and Pirates. You hate to hear it as, as a Cincinnati Reds fan. Yeah, you do hate to hear it. I hate to hear it. I would much, I would, I would so love that red on red, like a, like a, an, a, a blood, an inner blood beef. I'd love a Reds, Cardinals to the wire, you know? I'd love a Reds, Cubs. I know you guys have a nice little rivalry there too. Yeah. Um, well, look, but unfortunately, I think you're going to be making that. What, what's that? Uh, what's the what's the road that gets you between what's the turnpike? What's the interstate that gets you between uh, you and Pittsburgh? It's a good question. I did it and I don't even know. I have no clue. Did it once. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just know the Ohio River flows. You know, the multiple rivers flow there. Oh, well, what I do know is if the Reds are going to compete, they, they need like young guys. Free Joey Votto. Yeah. I'll say this, though, about Joey Votto. And I love Joey Votto. And I think he's great. I think he's just a great dude beyond, beyond baseball. But like those contracts, you talk about the Cardinals. Looking back. The Cardinals were so smart. He'd already won two World Series with him. Obviously, he's going to retire in the Hall of Fame, or I'm sorry, he's, you know, he'll be a Hall of Famer with them, Albert Pujols. But they didn't give him the contract. And I love Votto. But like, look at the Reds. And I know it's not even that much now, like looking at today's modern contracts. But that 10 year, $225 million, which was the biggest at the time, like that's not a good deal for a team like the Reds to make. Yeah. And those well, things hurt. I mean, it's a great deal for the team like the Reds to make. But not if you're going to cry poor. Sure, exactly. So, look, you know, seventy-four and a half. That's an interesting bet, though, for the Reds. Um, I want to say over that, but their their schedule is brutal. I think eleven of their first thirteen games are on the road, and they open with the Braves, the Dodgers, the Padres. It's a tough start for them. And baseball is. I mean, there's obviously been. Um, exceptions to the rule over the years, the miracle Mets, that nationals team from a few years ago. But I, I feel like, uh, and I, I'm not football's a little bit different because we know, like, you know, I think if you lose your first three games, your chances of making the playoffs go to almost zero, but it, it is, it's almost more important in baseball than any of the sports that have like longer seasons that you start hot. Like, or, or at least in my life, I feel like I've always seen teams that you're like, no one's kind of expecting they come out and they win, you know, 12 of their first 15 games. And then it's like, oh shit, why didn't we know? So why didn't we know the 2021 giants were going to be good? Well, because momentum is real, even though analytics dorks want to tell you it's not when you start winning and you have confidence, it changes your entire psyche, right? As a team, as a player. 
I couldn't agree more. It's always those teams. We've seen it you know, in the last 10 years. I think Kansas City did it, right? Maybe a couple times. One of the times they won the World Series where suddenly they're, they're hot. Nobody expects it. We don't, and, Andy, we don't, we don't talk about the Royals World Series win in this family. Okay. Well, that, that, the only thing that happened in 2015 is we all went to New York. I filmed the comedy special. Joe Prano takes the stand. I threw out a first pitch. The Mets weren't in first place at the time. They immediately skyrocketed to first place, won the division, won the National League. And went to the World Series. After that, it's hard to find any sort of historical record of what actually occurred in that World Series, and therefore we do not speak of it like it is right. fact. You know, you can you can say whatever you want in theory. And let's not forget, dirtballs met our families, which was a yeah. whole thing. That was a whole thing for for dirtballs to. For us to actually really meet their balls for the first time, and also our families, because that was, whew, that was something else. Yeah, I'll never forget Walt and the dirt balls at. Oh City my Field. god! I believe Walt referred to it as, "I can't believe these guys. They want to take snelfies with me." <laughs> my dad was calling them snelfies. Sounds like a Lord of the Rings character. A snelfie? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, that was that was pretty legendary. We have some great pictures from that. I do agree with you. I think the Cardinals win the division. And uh, I hate to say it because they always do, man. Like you said, they always, they just, that is just a well-run organization. And as much as I can't stand the Cardinals, I probably, I, I, I don't probably, I dislike them more than any other team in the division, probably because they always win. And, and yeah. I went to, I had to go to school there for five years and deal with the winning. I agree with you. I think they win. Um, now, moving to the AL, do you like the White Sox to repeat? I do. I like the White Sox to to repeat. Um, what? Give me the give me the uh, games breakdown. Sure. So, where are the White Sox? Let's see here. They are projected ninety one and a half. Okay, I like that. And then after that, you have the Twins at 80 and a half. The Twins made some nice offseason moves. Twins 80 and a half. Yeah. The Guardians, the Cleveland Guardians, that's going to be tough to get used to. 75 and a half. Twins made some nice moves. I like the Twins to be competitive. I like that division to be closer than the 10 games that they're predicting between those top two teams. I do like the White Sox to repeat. You know, they were my... uh, Last year, my, I might have been. This, I've done that before on this show where I'm a year early. My my prediction last year was Mets, White Sox. I don't know if I run that back, but uh, I, I don't think I am running that back. And I'll tell you why soon. But um, I like the White Sox to r- win that division. But I think that the Twins are going to put up a bit of a fight. And then I think it'll fall off. I mean, yeah, I think the Guardians are, are probably the next best, uh, at least you know, trying to keep some of their, some of their young talent around. I mean, obviously they let Lindor go to the Mets last year, but they don't seem to be in full Cincinnati Reds mode. Like fuck everybody. Um, you know, they're, they, they have, they're making a signing, uh, just the other day with Ramirez to keep him around. And, um, yeah, so I'm going to go white Sox twins guardians. 
I don't know. What? what yeah. how, how do they shake out? I'll, I guess we'll go Detroit. Tigers projected 78 and a half. I mean, they're projected to win more games than the Guardians. Okay. Which is interesting. And then Kansas City, obviously, is uh, expected to be pretty bad again. Although 75 and a half. Yeah. I so, mean, I, I think I think I like that order. But yeah, I, I could see I can see I can see the race for first being a little bit more competitive than predicted. And I could see the race for third, you know, being a little bit surprising. But not let, let's be honest, you know, at best, two teams make the playoffs out of the division. So you like the Dodgers to win the West? I do. And, okay. and you too. know. I have not liked them to win the West like every year of this run. In fact, I think last year I either predicted the Padres to overtake them or I predicted that it would be close. I don't think anybody saw the Giants coming. I think uh, this year, though, I think their lineup is too, too stacked not to uh, shake out in their favor over the course of 162 games. But I do not like the Dodgers to appear in the National in the world series on, on behalf of the national league. Well, they're expecting a drop off on the giants, a big drop off. You know, the projections have the Padres winning more games. Now, obviously Tatis jr. Is hurt. I, I, I fear this Padres team too, is like, I like the Padres. I like a lot of their players. Uh, I like what they're putting together there, but I do fear that they're a team that like, had like everybody thought they were there to like snatch it from the Dodgers and they didn't. And now they have injury issues and positional issues and pitching issues. And uh, do they just like never achieve the greatness that people saw from them? I am going to predict that the Dodgers win it. The Padres do finish second, but I think the giants will be right there with them. So the West Obviously, the contenders are going to be the Astros, the Mariners, Athletics. Nobody really expects the Angels to do. Although the Angels are at eighty-four and a half, so yeah, think- give me uh, give me top to bottom win totals because this is this is by far the most interesting division. Astros ninety-two and a half. I'm going to say it. Angels and Mariners both. I'm going to say it. The, the 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 Astros. The death of the Astros is finally here. So Mariners, Angels, 84 and a half, Oakland, 70 and a half, Rangers, 74 and a half. Wow. This is tough. It, it, this, this division is so tough. I, the Rangers spent so much money and they're still predicted to have 74 wins. It's, it's uh, unbelievable. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, Andy. Mariners win the division. Well, I was about to say that too. I, I, I'm rooting for them because I like Jesse Winker. And obviously that was one of the big trades. I'll play a call. Speaking of the Mariners, I'll play a call yeah. from CT. Gentlemen, CT formerly from Seattle, lifelong Seattle Kraken fan, but even C- longer C- lifelong Seattle Mariners fan. Our first game got postponed in Minneapolis. What are you saying, Prano? 
CT pulled over to make this call. I know because I can still hear his blinker. Yeah, I was going to say another <laughs> classic dirt ball call. You He's like, lo- I have to ball up, pull over and immediately call the dirty sports. Yeah. He's just on the side of the road. It's blinker on. Guys, hazards on. Due to possible snow. So I'm going to propose that no baseball games be played in outdoor northern stadiums until June. Either play it inside or build a roof on your stadium, Minneapolis. Get with it. Okay, that's about I'm top of there. That's a bad take. June? Till, till June. June? I, I hope I you're gonna, joking. I was going to say it It would be, you know, it would be cool if they could just play the warm weather ones there. Like, I, I'm i in favor of them having cold postponements, like not playing the game in extra cold, especially with the way we baby these pitchers anyway. Um, instead of just rain or snow postponement, I'm going to say cold, like, we don't play baseball games in under 45 degree weather or under 50 degree weather, but no outdoor baseball games till June on behalf. I, I can't believe I'm saying this to a hall of fame dirt ball. Kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> baseball going to a warm weather baseball game in April and May is like, I live for it. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's cold up there, but, the thing he probably doesn't get like Midwest weather is crazy, man. It might be 45 one day. Yeah. And literally 70 the next day. Yeah. You can't just say no baseball. In there's one year. There's one year I went home to New York for opening day. And I think it was like minus four. Yeah. I mean, you know, come on. All right. What else has he got to say? Uh, but anyways, I'm really trying not to get my hopes up about the Mariners this season. Uh, I'm not sure how much you guys have looked into it, but we have a great young, talented team. Yeah. Uh, so my question is, who are some sleeper MLB teams that you like to maybe make a make a playoff run down the line or sneak into the playoffs? Um, again, as a Mariners fan, I'm trying not to get my hopes dashed, but I'd love to see us end our playoff drought. Julio Rodriguez, Rookie of the Year. J Rod. Julio Rodriguez is going to be really good. Uh, I, I like this Mariners team. It might be too soon. They might be too young. Um, I low-key like the what the Angels have done, too. Um, I'm excited to see Thor down there in uh, Anaheim. Is it He's, true that they're doing fentanyl night in Anaheim? I, I believe it is true, yeah. Um, <laughs> too, too soon. soon. <laughs> There's still an active investigation happening. <laughs> um, I actually, I like, I like what the Angels are doing, but the Angels always disappoint. Unless Tony Danza's in the dugout, the Angels are not going to come through. Um, <laughs> right, a young Joseph Gordon-Levitt, a young Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> um, I, I'm just here's the thing: like the A's every year, sneaky, like I, I like bet over seventy and a half wins for the A's, like. Bet over that. Yeah. I, I agree. pound that. Like, can you bet over 80 wins? Like, find a book that'll give you odds on over 80 wins. Like the A's, there is like they're oh, they're selling everything. The great A's sell. How many great A's sell-offs have we had in our lifetime right before they make the playoffs? Like, it's unbelievable. So, like, I'm not sleeping on the A's. The Angels, I think, have ha- have done some nice things, but uh 
you know, the angels always seem to like disappoint with the big free agent moves. Uh, but I do think it's not the Astros again this year. So I'm going Mariners uh, to win the division, but I, th- but I, I won't even predict the division in order because I have no idea how it'll go, but I'm predicting not the Astros to win. And my prediction, although it could be any of the other teams is that it is the Mariners who dethrone them. I like it. It might well, be too soon. It might be too soon. I, I do. When it comes to my baseball predictions, I am usually a year early. So maybe it's Mariners next year, but I think that they'll be in the mix. And honestly, how can you sleep on the rain? Like we're just going to sleep on the Rangers entirely with all the money they spent. I have another promotion, another baseball promotion. You, you I represent- think the Rangers could win it too. I have no idea what the order of the West will be. You're referencing angels in the outfield. Here's a good one for the angels. It'll be angels in the outfield night where you take a mind altering substance, whether that's mushrooms, LSD, cannabis, edible fentanyl. No, I was, I wasn't going to say that. I don't, I don't know what fentanyl does to you. Uh, and it's angels in the outfield night. You I, get, I think you do. I think you do know what it does to you. Well, I know it turns I know. you into an angel in the outfield. <laughs> I, I see where you're going. I wasn't seeing that. Okay. What I was going to say is you get so baked or, you know, you get so strung out. Turned strung out. I love that. We're going to be under a fucking bridge outside <laughs> the fucking stadium in Anaheim. You think Su- you see sucking dick for crack. <laughs> My point is, you think you see an angel in the outfield, you know? Hey, take some mind-altering drugs. And hey, so- man, come find me under the halo. I'll <laughs> suck your dick for a little fentanyl. I guess strung out wasn't the best way to put it. <sighs> By the way, after after living in Venice Beach for all those years, I was telling someone yesterday, like, I have become, I basically got my doctorate. In, in homelessness? People, well, yeah, and people strung out. Like when I see somebody completely strung out, I'm just like, uh, and like somebody saying, oh, they're not. I go, yeah, they are. I was debating yeah. somebody like, trust me. I know when someone is strung out on drugs, I saw it every single day for like 13 years. I know. Don't, don't debate with me whether someone's strung out on drugs. How dare you? Okay. World Series. Actually, before that, ALCS, NLCS. Okay. You don't have to do this. I'm just tossing it out there. All right. This is tough. This is tough. Okay. I'm going. Let's start with the AL. I'm going to do. Because I was a year early on the White Sox last year, I'm going to have them the ALCS. But they're going to face the team that that makes the World Series out of the AL. I'm going Blue Jays. Yeah. White Sox, ALCS, Blue Jays to the World Series. NLCS. Oh, man. I don't know. It's going to be so hard. I'm going. I'm going NLCS. I already know what you're going to say. Mets. 
Dodgers, aren't you? Braves. Okay. Ooh, keeping it in the East. NL East, Mets, Braves. Mets to the World Series. Saw this. Just say it, Joe. Mets, Mets, Mets Blue Jays, World Series. Do I have to predict a winner? Well, you obviously are going to say the Mets. All health, barring injuries, I do believe Mets have a good enough offensive lineup to get that far. And I do believe that they have the postseason pitching. Honestly, it that it that's what the postseason is about for me. I like if you told me Degrom, I mean the guy's already out for four weeks to start the season, so it's it's barring injury. But I'm I'm going to do it for yeah, Mets, Blue Jays, Mets win the World Series. Let's throw- go Mets. Let's go. I'm, I'm in. I just I just bought all the. I just I just sold myself on it right now. Now I'm like now we're winning the World Series. Does Drake throw a ceremonial pitch? Yeah, but for which team? We'll never know. I think I think if that happens, the Mets have to bring back 50 cent. I think that yeah. I think right. if you know, being that Drake is the Toronto celebrity, right? I think the Mets Which is crazy for the record. There's been a lot of people come out of Toronto and like Drake just takes all that like nobody talks about any other people from Toronto. I think if they do, if they do like a Drake game one, the Mets just have to keep coming with like better rappers for like the entire series. Just like Nas, boom. 50 cent, boom. Just dropping it. Have the entire Wu-Tang clan throw out a pitch together. Ooh. Like a real, like it's like a, like a high school relay drill, you know? Or they find New York rappers. they, They start in center field. They'd do cut off throws all the way to the plate. Cause I feel like Drake's had a lot of beefs start, you know, use rapper, use New York based rappers that Drake's had beefs with. Yeah. Which I assume some of those guys you already mentioned, he's had beefs with. I'm sure he's, he has. He's had beefs with 50 cent, right? I don't know, but I'm assuming. Yeah. I, again, I would like them. I would like the blue Jays to go far. It's been a long time, man. Are you making NLCS, ALCS, and World Series predictions? I mean, sure. You know, I, I don't. Let's follow, go. I don't follow as closely as you. I, I, I was already, I was already rooting for the Blue Jays in the. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do it. Let's say this one's for UCT. Let's say Blue Jays Mariners. Ooh, I like it. And then we'll say Blue Jays in the World Series. I was already leaning towards that, and then ALCS. Let's say I'm I have, I have my fingers crossed for a prediction here. I, I just feel like it, it's lame if I pick the Mets. So, you know? so I mean, listen, if you don't believe we as we say over in Queens, you got to believe, Andy, you got to believe. I'm going to name a team again. They're always there and I can't stand it. Let's say in the uh, NLCS Cardinals. I almost said it myself. Dodgers. Wow, I'm so glad that the Dodgers were picked. Let's go. What about this? Blue Jays Cardinals World Series. Ooh, Redbirds, Bluebirds. That's what I'm saying. A blurred, a, a blurred, a bird battle. Yeah. Battle of the birds. A, a Bloods and Crips 
in the, of the aviary community. <laughs> yeah. I bet that's never happened before. It definitely hasn't. Not in the World Series. No. Blue Jays faced the Phillies. Phillies. And the Braves. Braves. Yeah. Could be fun. And I feel like that. Talk about two different types of people. People from St. Louis. People from Toronto. Could be good. Now, Nelly will have to throw out the first pitch for that one. Dude, Nelly was nice. Nelly then, was nice. And then, and then I guess for the rest of the series, just whoever else was in the St. Lunatics. <laughs> hey, you bring out Chingy. Man, they got, they got some. Bring out Jay Kwan. You're like, who am I talking about? You know, there, there were some. There were some rappers. Bring out a young slew era Andy Ruther. Ah, oh, dude. The, the the young slew era Andy Ruther, if the lo- if loved Nelly, if the Cardinals ever asked you to throw out a first pitch, we've both thrown a major league baseball stadium first pitch. Would you do it? It's a great question. Would uh, they be like? We'd be like Andy Ruther of Dirty Sports. We just found out that you went to St. Louis University. We'd love for you to come and throw out a pitch here at watered down Pisswater Stadium. It'd be pretty tough, man. That'd be ultimate sellout move. I don't think I could. If the Braves or the Yankees or somebody asked me to do it, I would just throw it as far as I could into the stands. I would, I would like aim for like the, well, yeah. third, the third deck behind home plate. That's what I'm saying. You'd have to do some kind of troll move if you're going to do it. I mean, look, I went to my fair share of games. Don't get me wrong. I've said that. I, I like baseball. Yeah. And Cardinals great, have a lot. Card, ballpark. Have, yeah. Cardinals have a lot of day games. We, we cut class. Hop on the Metro link takes you right down to Bush stadium. And I, I mean, I've shared that story about my fraternity working the concession and just getting like bombed while we're selling hot dogs. And which again is one of the most reckless moves ever. A ballpark is going to let a bunch of frat kids, like 20 frat kids work a giant concession stand so they can get money for their fraternity formal. What could possibly go wrong? And yeah. have them show up two hours before the game. You're like, as, as a local fraternity, we're going with ground round pricing and your beer costs as many dollars as girls you've raped this year. <laughs> Date rapes, 50 cents off. Unbelievable. Sick, bro. How many people have you sexually assaulted this year? Stop. Stop. That woman coming up to me. You're making too many hot dogs. You've made too many. <laughs> me just bombed like like blackout bombs by the third inning. I've, I'm probably one of the few people who ever got kicked out of doing free work at a ballpark. I got kicked out for how drunk I was. He's just like, you got to go, dude. You got to go. Amazing drunken Andy Ruther tales. Ah, dude, it's, his, it's his own podcast. Tales from the Dent. If, if if I and I've talked to my St. Louis friends about this, I was like, guys, if I came back for a week and you reminded me, because they wouldn't want to be on it, but just if we sat down with an audio recorder and you reminded me of when I did this, yeah, they're, all, they're do- all doing it with like the voice thing. They're like, yeah, I to the lady. Cook too many hot dogs at Bush Stadium. He put three up his ass before he put them on the, the grill. Please leave my name out of it. You're like, no problem, Cutter. 
funny to me it's funny because he didn't even go to school with me you know he didn't even go he didn't even go to college with me but but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah ah uh, you got me thinking i mean dude dude i showed up to and then we'll move on to the masters i, I what's amazing is i said cutter but i'm sure like i'm sure the guys who went to your to school you had like ridiculous midwest frat boy names you know no oh, yeah like, but- like jerks and no, and, no, and, my one buddy we and call, meat sauce. And, yeah, well, no, my one buddy's hot Carl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, named after the dirty sexual thing. You're right. You're right. You're right. The names are just. Oh, just, dude, I remember like it was yesterday. I was at the stadium working the hot dog stand with hot Carl and Dirty Sanchez, <laughs> grilling up dogs till we got too drunk. We got kicked out. Dude, I was the guy on campus, and that's not a big school, right? Like, like St. Louis, you small Catholic school is probably. I don't know, combined six, 7,000 students when I was there, undergrad, graduate. I was that guy who, like, I'd walk down campus, again, not a big campus, and I'd always have that, I'd, like, have my backpack on, and I'd have that fear, like, what did I do last night at the party or at the bar? You know, like, you're walking past other kids, and you're like, oh, I'm that fucking guy, man. What to do? I brought, I brought a 24-pack of beer into the library once just to be a jackass and just was cracking them open just to be that dude when everyone else was studying for finals. It was finals week. Me and date rape. Danny went down to the library. <laughs> stop, with the stop, stop. <laughs> You're out of control. All right. He, well, was, he was like, you bring the beer. I'm going to give a bunch of chicks a shocker. I did bring porn into the library once too. This is like a, like just thought I was funny. Like, dude, here's some porn magazines. I'm going to flip through a high society in a penthouse where you're trying to study. <laughs> I, I I was, dude, I was such a douche looking back on it. <laughs> like such a frat boy douche. Oh, out of control. Well, speaking of frat boy douches, Tiger Woods is, uh, <laughs> is back. Tiger Woods wishes he was a frat boy douche. Yeah. He's been, he couldn't get into a frat in Stanford. So he's been acting like a frat boy douche ever since. True. So the Masters are here. They're currently playing right now. Obviously, the big news is that Tiger is playing. And all the Tiger stands love that. You know, you and I have obviously made Tiger jokes, more and more jokes about the stands over the years. Yeah. Hey. This is a great example of of everything that I hate about Tiger Woods and Tiger Woods fans and Tiger Woods stands and Tiger Woods fandom in general is, you know, where we've seen so many incredible sports stories over the years. You know, people come back from cancer. People come back from, you know, devastating injury. I mean, Alex Smith. They thought they were going to have to amputate his leg. He comes back to play in an NFL game. Which they did think possibly about Tiger as well. Right. But different circumstances. But Tiger did it because he got zonked on fentanyl or whatever that he went for a a a sleep, a sleeping joyride through the windy streets of Palace Verdes. He was the presenting host of a golf tournament in Southern California 
then went back to his hotel, got up in the morning, was still conked out on Ambien or whatever cocktail of drugs, you know, Andy's frat boys put together for one of their parties. And then he goes for a, a, a drive, a billionaire. Can't get it. Can't get a fucking can't get somebody well, to drive him to the. See, there lies my problem. Again, golf course. 80 miles an hour. Speed limit's 45. Like there lies my problem is that nobody. This is the second time, right? That and he's, he's done, done it before. That's what I'm saying. Like, like no one, no one's quite. Look, we all make mistakes. I was just talking about how big of a douche I was, and I did reckless things. But you know what? I stopped doing them. <laughs> yeah. It, it, like, remember, yeah. there, there's, there, like, everybody loved the Josh Hamilton story. You know? Yeah. Josh, Josh Hamilton down and out a baseball with with substance abuse problems comes back, wins an MVP. It's not the same story if he celebrates the MVP by getting addicted to meth again and then comes back to win a second MVP. You're just like, oh, this guy's just an asshole. Yeah. You know, but that's exactly what Tiger did. We already have the Tiger comeback from the pills and the booze. Now we're now everybody's crowded around to watch the Tiger come back from the pills and the booze. At some point, at some point, we all just have to be like Tiger Woods doesn't care about give a fuck about himself, his family, his fans, golf. Right. So why, if you're a golf fan, do you care? Because, you know, you know why we both know, because he, he's that important to the sport, which I think says something more about the sport. Like, right. But also it is, you know, he, he's that important to the sport. And I get how great he was and to look back on it. But like he took the sport to the place and this has always been my issue. So it's like, go celebrate the other people who play golf because of Tiger who are now great and doing it right. And, and, and it's like. This is, you know, I am newly into playing golf or really watching or caring about golf. But like, I mean, you hear the Bryson DeChambeau is a douche. I hate him. I can't watch him thing. I mean, on a douche level, Tiger, like Bryson DeChambeau is not in Tiger Woods' orbit. Tiger Woods is, I mean, talk about an exponential, like exponentially more douchey. Yeah. No, no, I get like, like, again, I don't care. Dude, you love Tiger Woods all you want. But again, it's just trying to highlight to me what always is seemed ridiculous as far as who we're choosing to like and who we're choosing to dislike as far as athletes are concerned. But Tug. A Tiger Stan. A huge Tiger Stan. You know, he, he wanted to give his opinion on everything, which I love. And, and, and obviously we wish we could have done it together, but it didn't work out that way. But Tug sent me some solo audio of Tiger being back of his predictions for the masters. So and did you listen to it? I did. I can't wait to listen to it. Obviously I won't have a chance to listen to it until after it's aired for everybody else. But uh, is, is Tug openly and actively pulling for Tiger? Well, Tug's being realistic that, guys we're talking about winning like or even coming like let's just make the cut it is remarkable his turnaround from the injury no one's denying that what what tiger's done it's 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 remarkable from the severity of the injury to be playing that that is remarkable let's just remember he's playing golf though true like golf is the sport i took up 
because I was injured. Good point. Now I struggle with that every time I play golf, but it's like, first of all, I'm not Tiger Woods. And second of all, you know, uh, it, it like it is golf. It's still yeah. golf. Yeah. Well, let's get the tugs take on everything. And, and you guys tugs can, take and you guys can enjoy this. And also this will Tug be on, life. Yeah. This will be on his podcast that he puts out occasionally called tug life, which for the next episode, he told me, if you want to subscribe to that, we'll be celebrating the 10 year anniversary of him playing Larry bird in Broadway. And he's going to bring in some of his fellow actors and people that he worked on that show with. So that will be on the tug life podcast. So check that out as well. So here's tug Coker's take on the masters tiger coming back and people he likes to win. Tonight, we are talking about the best golf tournament of the year. It's the Masters at Augusta National in Augusta, Georgia. It's the event of the year for golf fans. Breaking news, the Tiger is back. That's all we're going to talk about on TV. I know there's a Tiger cam. The Tiger tracker on Twitter has been revved up. So uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch Tiger play. I can't wait to see if he makes the cut. My thoughts are this. I don't, I don't, I think we got to root for him to make the cut. Asking him to win, it feels like a lot. Asking him to contend feels like a lot. If he does that, my goodness, great story. Right now, he's, I'm looking at the betting lines. He is 16th favorite. 16th favorite, right next to just below Will Zalatoris and tied with Louis Oosthuizen at plus 4,000. And just ahead of Adam Scott, it's amazing that's where you would place him. But when you've won at a place five times, I mean, I guess you got to respect him. You got to respect the game. It's really impressive. I'm excited to watch him. You know, there's no buzz like the buzz Tiger creates for golf. People will be following him ravenously. It's great to have the energy back in the game. That's pretty much the news. I mean, if you turn on the Golf Channel, that's what you're seeing. If you turn on any sports center related to golf, you're hearing about Tiger Woods. It's a, it's a great story. But the, the, the fun thing about the golf world right now is that it's so deep. There's just so many players that are so good right now. It's an era that is much better than the prime era that Tiger played in. People were intimidated by Tiger. Now people, these are the, the cyborgs that Tiger created. The robots that grew up watching Tiger and molded themselves after Tiger's game, now Tiger's got to face these players. And he's able to do it a couple years ago. It was one of the most fun, exciting rounds of golf I ever watched. I watched it with my, I want to say then three-year-old or two-year-old, now five-year-old. The pandemic has warped my brain and, and time, but really amazing day of golf. And I think if we can get Tiger to get to the weekend, then we've all won. And if for any reason he's able to make any sort of charge, it's just incredible, incredible story. And then you heard him talk to the press to, today, taping on Tuesday. He was asked if he think he could win. He said, yes, I do. So pretty exciting, pretty amazing. Just having a little jolt of Tiger Woods energy back at Augusta National. I think it's going to make it extra special for whoever wins. It's, it's an opportunity to say Tiger was back in the Masters that I won. I was able to beat Tiger. Even if Tiger's only at 75%, you still want that notch on your belt. So lots of great things um, 
happening at Augusta National. There are some changes that are being made to the course. There's always changes being made to the course. I actually just listened to a No Laying Up podcast, which is a, po- a great golf podcast for those of you who are fans of golf. Go check it out. Um, where they interviewed the cat, former caddy, now television reporter, on-course reporter for NBC, John Wood, about the subtle changes that he would notice when he was caddying for Matt Kuchar or, or Hunter Mahan or Mark Kalkovecchia. There's really interesting nuances that the team over at Augusta National would do to change the course year after year. And this year they've done it to two holes. They've done it, they've done it to, well, that they've publicized. Hole number 11, they've taken a bunch of the trees out on the right side uh, of hole number 11. Trees that Tiger has been in more than a few times. But they they did this because they wanted to get back to the way they Bobby Jones the, and Alistair McKenzie, the creators and designers of Augusta National, wanted to intend the course to be played, rewarding good shots, penalizing tougher shots or offline shots, and they've decided to remove some of the trees at 11. And they've kept a few trees there, I guess, to make it more challenging or artful shot making, penalizing shots to go right, to go further right. Interested to watch that this week. I'm sure we'll see a lot of players over there because you you can't go left on 11. And then 15 is the great par 5 on the back 9 where they've now lengthened that hole another 20 yards, I believe to 525, because so many players in today's games are just so long, and they were able to get home in two on the par five with a mid to short iron. And they wanted to make sure that players were still hitting four or five irons in to what is a pretty narrow landing space on 15 green. And that's going to be exciting. I mean, we, that's, what, that's all we want to see is high risk, high reward. The closing holes of Augusta National... If you've been to Augusta National, if you've heard people talk about Augusta National, you already know this is true. If you're able to go there live, you see the difference from uh, the, the the course has to offer when you see it live versus on TV. The elevation change is real. Everyone talks about it. And 15 is one of the main players of that. Trying to hit a long iron off a ball below your feet, that's, that's like appointment viewing right there. I was able to go to the Masters for a practice round back in 2005. I forget who, I think it was 2005, I forget who won that year. Went for a practice round, saw the par three tournament, got my pimento cheese sandwich, didn't bring my cell phone in, all the rules that Augusta National asks ask you to follow. The concessions are amazing. It's just, it really is, it's, it's like the mecca for golf fans, and really not even golf fans. It's just, like a, it's just like a turn back the clock kind of event, and I recommend everyone go. My dad asked me to help enter the lottery uh the masters does a lottery for tickets every year and every year we apply and every year we don't get it it's like being a cowboys fan you know every year you get your hopes up and they're dashed after one win like i like i saw the cowboys do in the 90s get a couple wins and then you just strike out for the rest of your life which is what i'm doing at the masters ticket raffle but maybe in 2023 that'll be my year yeah, it's just it's just an amazing week. It's one of the best, it's probably the best sports week of the year if you go from Final Four Saturday to Championship Game Monday to rolling it into the Masters week. Jim Nance has the greatest week of the year each week, calling the Final Four game, calling the National Championship, and then going to Augusta to call the Masters. Just incredible life, Jim. Kudos to you. <laughs> Hello, friends. So yeah, it's just it's just an exciting week. I, I, I'm hoping to get my. I have three small boys at home, and I'm trying to get them to fall in love with golf. And hopefully, they'll watch the events play out this weekend. If my wife says, you know, what, you got to watch the kids this weekend, 
this is what I'm doing. I'm just going to plop them on the couch and make them watch golf with me. So let's see what we got. Let's see what we got with some picks for the week. I am contrarian better. I, I like to fade favorites. It's not something that you really want to do all the time at the Masters because there's the field is so condensed. It's not quite the size of a normal PGA event. There's only 90 players. It's filled with past champions who return every year to play it, amateurs, winners of the PGA Tour last year. So the field isn't as stacked as it is for other majors. So a lot of times you want to bet on the cream of, of the crop because they're only playing themselves. There's not a lot of people to beat. But I still try to find ways to fade people. You know, get your Danny Willits in, Trevor Immelman's, Zach Johnson's. This year, I think there's a couple favorites that are at the top that I think are going to come through. I usually don't pick Justin Thomas, DraftKings, Fantasy, anything like that. But this week, I like Justin Thomas. Why do I like Justin Thomas? One, he's awesome. He really showed me something at the players at TPC Sawgrass during the weather issues that they had over that tournament. He played some amazing golf in the wind, in the rain, you know, the wrong side of the draw, and still played incredibly well. He's all, he's already one of the best wedge players in the game, can get up and down from anywhere, plus adding bones to the bag this year, a man who's caddy for Phil Mickelson to, you know, help, you know, win three green jackets at Augusta National. I just think it's all coming together. And he's he's played well here in the past, hasn't got it done. He needs to putt better, but I'm hoping the bones can help him find the putts that he needs to make to get him his first green jacket. So I am going to go with Justin Thomas, who I, I've seen some money come in on Justin Thomas because he was the second or third fa- favorite initially starting the week and now is the co-favorite along with John Rahm at plus 1,200. John Rahm obviously plays great week in, week out, has played well at Augusta National here in the past. Just not going to go with the overall favorite, but wouldn't be surprised if he if he won. Continue the tradition of great Spaniards to win at Augusta National with Sebi, Jose Maria Lothabal, Sergio five years ago. And then will it be John Rahm's week? Who knows? Another person on the, the, the leaderboard of favorites, Brooks Kepka. Now, also don't go with Brooks a lot in Daily Fantasy, etc., but... He's played well here in the past. He hasn't been healthy here in the past and has still played well. So now if he's fully healthy, flying him under the radar, I think playing well but not getting the results he wants, has a real opportunity to do some damage here. Again, because of the, the field is condensed and there's not as many players to beat, I think Brooks walks around thinking he can beat everyone that he plays against anyway. So I think Brooks is going to get us a top 10 and maybe be in the mix to win his first green jacket on Sunday. Now, my son and I, when we watch golf, we call Brooks Darth Vader because he's always in the mix. He's always up to something, it feels like. He's lurking. There's always danger when Brooks Kepka is on the TV screen. Something is about to happen. So maybe it's time for Darth Vader to shine, get his third jewel of the Grand Slam. He has two PGAs and two U.S. Opens. He would add a fifth major if he does it this week. So of the favorites, I'm going to go with Brooks Kepka and Justin Thomas. Cameron Smith, amazing. I think he's plus 1,400. If he, if, I think the value may not quite be there, but but I like Cameron Smith at Augusta. Patrick Cantlay, bet on him last year with Joe Prano. He missed the cut for us, and then he went on an absolute tear the back half of the year. We'd like to watch Patrick Cantlay play well, but I'm not going to be investing any money with him this week. Same with Xander Shoffley. Would love to see Xander play well. I'm a fan of Xander's. I'm curious to see 
He's had a lot of close calls at Augusta National. Will, will the baggage of those close, close calls weigh him down, or will he chalk that up to experience and learn from those mistakes and get over the hump? I'd love to see him get over the hump and win at Augusta National, but I think that ever since he won the Olympics last year, haven't seen him really be in the mix on Sundays. I've seen him start on Saturdays and not be able to put it together, so I'm going to hold off on a Xander call, but I will be rooting for him. Two other people, if I'm going to try to invest to, to, to get a return on my investment, Paul Casey at plus 6,600. Paul Casey plays well at Augusta seemingly every year. He seems to play well in every major, like banking a top 10, 15, 20. His iron play is just too good. It's going to be in the mix. Has played well earlier this year, so we'll see if Paul Casey can make a run, make a run into the weekend. Another player I like that's kind of lower on the, the odds sheet is Corey Connors, plus 5,000. Played well here in the past. Has been playing well in general. Third place finish at the match play in Austin a few weeks ago. Hits the ball great. You know, needs to make putts, but always putting himself in good position. Great ball striker. So another Canadian, just like Mike Weir winning years ago. The one person who made us money last year, Joe Prano and I, was Mark Leishman. Played really well last year. Always plays well at Augusta. I'm going to go with him again. Right until the wheels fall off. Hasn't played that great this year, but horses for courses, as they say. And Mark Leishman is is one of those people. So I learned a fact tonight as I watched the a photo. I saw a photo of the Champions Dinner. As you all know, every Tuesday of Masters Week, the champions of the Masters, all living champions, get together and they wear their green jackets and they have a dinner. And the winner of the previous year's Masters gets to put the dinner together. And Hideki Matsuyama was the winner from last year. So we put the menu together and they took a picture. And there was one, I think I could name almost every winner, except I didn't see one. It was Angel Cabrera. And I, I, I haven't been following what Angel Cabrera has been up to. And I checked on Twitter and they said, well, where's Angel? And they said, he's in jail. So I had to, to look up Angel Cabrera, and it turns out that he's in jail, in an Argentine jail, over some domestic abuse charges for the next couple of years. I mean, that's, that's a, I, I'm, I have not heard one peep about this in any golf news. I think he's been there for a year or two, scheduled to be there till next year. So, news to me that El Pato is in an Argentine clink. So, he, he was missing that dinner, and um, Hideki has... Is hosting that event, but not but not been playing well. Been been a little bit banged up, a little hurt. So I don't think I'm not sure how much noise Hideki is going to make this year. I think he's got a bad back. There will be some weather this year. We mentioned about Tiger, how will he play? I don't think people that are that are dealing with injuries are going to fare too well with the weather coming in to Augusta, Georgia this weekend. Should be colder, low 60s. Should be some wind. Should be soggier, wet. Does that open it up for more people? I think it actually helps the longer players, but we'll see. It's the greatest week of the year for golf fans. Hope you all get your drinks ready, get your egg salad sandwiches from home. I think they added, I saw on Twitter, they added a new breakfast sandwich over at Augusta National. One day we'll all get there again for a, an official tournament round. It won't just be a practice round. This is the year I win the raffle, whatever they call it. But it's a great week. It's the Masters. It's back. Happy Masters week to everyone out there. Let's see if Justin Thomas can get his first Masters win. I think it will be It'd be interesting to watch Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth plays well here every year. He's not putting well at all. I think he was last in the field last week in putting. 
So it used to be a strength. Can he get it together? But, you know, again, horses for courses. He'll always play well here. So we'll see. But very excited for the week. Can't wait for Thursday to kick off. Tigers teeing up uh, 10.40-something or 10 o'clock hour with Joaquin Neiman and Louis Oosthuizen. So it should be all eyes on Tiger. Crowds are going to be huge following Tiger. They were huge following him on Monday for the practice round. But Tiger's back. That's the main story. Who's going to win this year? Can't wait to find out. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Have a good one. All right, Joe. I know you have to get your butt moving to Colorado where people can see you live at the following locations. Yes, we are. uh, uh, Eddie and I are leaving today. We're going to try to make it to somewhere around Moab before the drugs start to take hold today. And uh, then tomorrow we are going to arrive in Steamboat Springs, where we'll, we will be performing tomorrow and Saturday at Schmiggity's. And then we'll be we'll probably be shredding some gnar on uh, Saturday during the day, maybe Sunday. I don't know. I'm gonna, Eddie's going to be our, our, our skiing and snow Sherpa in terms of where we're going. But we'll be around Steamboat Friday, Saturday. And then we will head to Aspen for a couple days of just maxing and relaxing like the uh, supremely wealthy that we are. You know, we're just going to hobnob with the other supreme wealthy people in Aspen and just have a good, good couple days of uh, shredding the gnar there and uh, chilling in Aspen. So if you're in the Aspen area, just keep an eye out for me. I am Colorado ready, Andy. Hold on. I've got this. You know, uh, uh, Billy Crystal didn't do it in in uh in city slickers but i've got the mets hat and the cowboy hat let's go wow colorado it up here <laughs> got a cowboy when did you get the cowboy hat yeah i've had it for a little while but uh we're gonna be rocking this around colorado go to aspen you know wear a couple like a eight thousand dollar pair of cowboy boots with this maybe hit some hunter s thompson tourism sites maybe go to the uh woody creek tavern you know, maybe maybe eat, at the, eat and drink at the J bar. Uh, so is it true that you and Eddie are going to try to reenact the scene from Dumb and Dumber going oh, to Aspen? Absolutely. You're you going to be, be on his back frozen in, in Steamboat. I believe it's Saturday or Sunday. They have one of those pond skims and, you know, people dress up for them. And I was like, we should Dumb and Dumber it and dress up in the Dumb and Dumber vibe. And then uh, I thought maybe also I should do like just get the Borat G string. <laughs> oh yeah with the mustache and do that so we think we're gonna do pond skimming saturday or sunday and then uh aspen for a couple days and then the veil comedy show thursday uh possibly wednesday as well if uh unlike andy predicted with his curse that it will not sell out on thursday we are potentially adding a show on wednesday and then friday and saturday in denver so Schmiggity's in Steamboat, Vail Comedy Show in Vail, Denver Improv in Denver, a little bit, a couple days of maxing and relaxing and Aspen in between. So come out and play. Yeah. See Joe in a cowboy hat. Yeah. Well, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. Feel free to tag us drinking those fresh and cold Miller Lights. Hashtag National Beer Day. Let us know, guys. We always love getting the tweets and Instagram posts from Miller Lite. 
And uh, that's pretty much it. We're, we're going to wrap it up. Joe's got to get moving. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. Give Tug some love as well on Twitter at Tug Coker. Let him know you appreciate that he took the time to do that for the show. And we're going to get him on for the record. We talked about bringing him back on for NBA playoffs when, when our time works. And, and he's been watching. Uh, he's watched uh, some of winning time as well. So uh, we will uh, look forward to doing that as well. All right, guys, that is our show. Much love to everyone who listens and supports. You guys have a great weekend. And as always, stay dirty.